Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of All the Books is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be a part of a much different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and a free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and you don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Listeners of all the books can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code BR3. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 199, and today we are talking about books being released on March 12, 2019, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, you're with Kelly Jensen, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Welcome back! Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be back. I, I feel like I had to do a tremendous amount of reading for this week. Like, I am just in awe of your reading prowess. Well, thank you. Um... I really don't do anything else, though. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, so. It still just, like, astounds me how how you can do it. I, I mean, I, I had to read, like, a thousand pages over the last, it was, like, last weekend, just a thousand pages. And I was like, I just want to do anything else other than read. Like, I love reading, <sighs> but <laughs> you keep going. You keep doing it. Like, uh, I admire that. Well, thank you. It's fun. I like it. And there's always amazing... <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. There's always amazing things to read. So, um, it's just like this year is so full of awesome books. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, I can't wait till these books come out. And now all of a sudden, they're all like here. Yeah. Yep. Suddenly, it's like, ah, they're all coming so fast. They're coming at us right now. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to start talking about some <laughs> if you're you're ready um, I'm going to kick it off with my first pick, which is If Then by Kate Hope Day. This is sort of a, I would call it a domestic speculative fiction novel um, set in a sleepy town in Oregon. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of The Leftovers, a little bit of Age of Miracles, um, and I'll give you an idea of what it's about. I don't want to tell you too much. Uh, it's about four people in this town. Um, there's a doctor named Ginny. Uh, she's uh, getting, uh, like, right off the bat, at the very beginning of the book, we realize there's something weird going on, because, like, on the first two pages, she gets this phone call, she's about to get into bed, and they're like, we need you to come back to the hospital, and so, like, while she's waiting to hear, like, what's going on, uh, she looks, and she sees 
her co-worker laying in bed with her husband. Except, obviously, her co-worker isn't there laying in bed with her husband because she was just there. And when she looks again, she's gone. And she's thinking, like, why did I see that? But it makes it really awkward because now she has to go into the hospital for an emergency surgery. And she's working with this co-worker. And she keeps thinking, like, I just saw her lying in bed with my husband. Is my husband cheating on me? Why did I have this feeling? Am I having a stroke? Like, what are, what are the reasons why I was thinking this? And it kind of goes on like this for the three other people as well. There's a real estate agent named Samara. Her mother has passed away re- recently. Um, she was also a real estate agent, taught Samara everything she knows. And Samara is sort of looking over a house that's going up for sale, which happens to be the home of the patient that uh, Ginny is working on. Uh, and she gets this like weird feeling like she sees her mom making other plans for her life. And she knows that's obviously not true because her mother has passed away. Um, and then there's Ginny's husband, Mark, uh, who she, Ginny saw lying in bed. Um, he sees an impending disaster coming for them. Um, And they do happen to live at the bottom of an inactive volcano. And this is something he's a scientist and he's been worried about. And he has this feeling that something bad is going to happen. And they have another neighbor, Cass, who has a brand new baby. And she has this strange feeling because she's all excited to go back to work. She's working on this project. It's going really well. It's going to make her career. And she imagines that she sees herself pregnant. And she's pregnant again. Uh, and it's going to disrupt, you know, her plans to go back to work. And she doesn't, again, doesn't know why she had this vision. So these visions really disrupt their lives. You know, like I said, Jenny thinks like, you know, as a doctor, she's like, am I having a stroke? Um, you know, or is it, are people thinking of these things because of stress or lack of sleep or grief because, you know, people have passed away. Um, but as they go on, the visions get stronger and they get scarier and it sort of affects their future decisions. Um, ultimately, it's a sort of dark sliding doors kind of novel because like it's about choices that you could have made or what if you had done this instead so like if x then y which is like the title if then um it's really it was really fascinating and interesting you know to think about like other things you could choose and i just liked how the whole thing played out so again it is called if then and it's by kate hope day so my first pick for this week um it's one that I read months ago and I'm literally just like obsessed with and I'm so glad it's finally out. And that is Shout by Lori Hall Sanderson. Um, 20 years ago, Lori Hall Sanderson brought Speak to the world of YA and it's this powerhouse of a novel about sexual assault and finding your voice. Shout, which is out today, um, is Lori's memoir written in verse that talks about her own experiences as a sexual assault victim uh, growing up in an era when you just stayed silent about the things that happened to you and why it is that she herself has become the advocate for intellectual freedom and empowering teens that she is. Uh, The book is it's super angry, and it's also super hopeful. Um, it's sad, and it's also powerful, and it's real and raw. Um, again, it's written in verse, and the structure of the verse is brilliant and really adds a lot of movement and clarity to the whole uh, story that Lori tells about her life. And it's it's exactly what I, I wanted it to be, and I think that readers who pick it up will want it to be. It's not um, a whisper of a book. It's a shout. And it's this master class in feminism and storytelling and about the power of words to um, draw actions that change the world. Um 
even if you aren't familiar with any of Lori's work or um, you haven't read Speak, I think that this is a book any feminist will really enjoy. And anybody who cares deeply about the Me Too movement or about survivor advocacy will um, want to pick this one up. And I was just I was just going to share a couple of short um, lines because I'm obsessed with the lines in this book. Um, because they're so they're so sharp and they pack so much. So um, I'm going to read three of them. The first one: uh, Sisters, drop everything, walk away from the lake, leaning on each other's shoulders when you need the support. Feel the contractions of another truth ready to be born. Shame turned inside out is rage. And then the second one: The false innocence you render for them by censoring truth protects only you. And then the third one. The opposite of innocence is not sin. Dearly beloved, the opposite of innocence is strength. And that was from Shout by Lori Hall Sanderson. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. Uh, Would you? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, should I take on the sponsor? Yes, please. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Look at how smart we are. I know. It's like we're reading each other's minds. Or the show notes. Who knew? (laughs) All right, so our next sponsor is The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson, available now from Grove Press. It's a fantastical journey set at the height of the Spanish Inquisition from award-winning author of Ailey the Unseen and the writer of Miss Marvel series. G. Willow Wilson's The Bird King is a jubilant story of love versus power, religion versus faith, and freedom versus safety. The novel follows Fatima, the only remaining Circassian concubine to the Sultan, and her dearest friend Hassan, the palace mapmaker, on their quest to find the mysterious, possibly mythic island of the Bird King, whose shifting boundaries will hopefully keep them safe. Though it takes place in 1491, the themes of the Bird King could not be more topical. Refugeedom, belonging, friendship and community, and the importance of imagination belief. The Bird King is marvelous in the deepest sense, a treasure house of a novel, thrilling, tender, funny, and achingly gorgeous. I loved it, said Lev Grossman, author of The Magicians. And a quote from Book Page reads, G. Willow Wilson has cemented her place as one of the brightest lights of fantasy storytelling. A gorgeous, ambitious meditation on faith, platonic love, magic, and even storytelling itself, with a trio of unforgettable personalities serving as its beating, endless, vital heart. The Bird King is a triumph, immersive in historical detail, and yet in many ways, it could have happened yesterday. Wilson has once again proven she is one of the best fantasy writers working today, with a book that's just waiting for readers to get happily lost in its pages. The Bird King is an indie next and library reads pick. Fantastic! All right. Um, I have no segue whatsoever. This is like... So, my next pick is super, super, super in my wheelhouse. And I apologize for that. I know a lot of people are going to be like, what? But it's so good. Uh, It is When the Irish Invaded Canada... The incredible, <laughs> right? The incredible true story of the Civil War veterans who fought for Ireland's freedom by Christopher Klein. Um, so, if you listen to the show, you know that I love reading books about the Civil War. This is a story that I had never heard before, and when I saw it roll across the page on Edelweiss, I was like, I have to read this immediately. Um, downloaded it, and there you have it. Um, but if you enjoy books about little-known history, then this is definitely a book for you. Or you just like learning new things. You're looking for a good nonfiction book. 
It's so interesting. Like I said, I'd never heard the story before. But basically, after the Civil War ended, uh, several men, Irishmen, on both the Union and Confederate sides from the war, joined in on a plan to gain Ireland's independence by seizing Canada. Because, you know, Canada is small, and, you know, that should be easy, right? Um, you know, at this point, Ireland had been an unwilling colony of Britain for 700 years. Uh, the American Revolution was only 100 years in the past at this point, uh, so people were still sort of sour on England and their politics, um, and thousands of Irishmen who had fled England during the Great Hunger uh, and fought in the Civil War uh, still considered themselves Irish first, and so they decided they were going to do something, now that the Civil War was over, they were going to do something for their home country. And the U.S. was kind of like, eh, like, okay, if this is what you're doing, like, they didn't really pay any attention. Um, and so that's what they tried to do. And there were some really surprising events in this book. Uh, there was a series of attacks, um, but ultimately, it, you know, obviously, it failed. You know, Ireland did not, the, the Irishmen did not take Canada um, for several reasons that sort of almost turned this effort into a farce. But it was just so fascinating. There were some really surprising events uh, in this book. Um, there were a series of attacks that were carried out. Uh, they, but, you know, obviously, uh, this, this plan did not work. Ireland did not really take Canada um, a tiny little piece for a couple days, but not really. Uh, and it's just... And for, like, several reasons, it failed, and it kind of became this farce in history. Um, but it was just so, so fascinating. And there are just so many incredible people in history. Uh, I, I think, like, that probably even goes without saying, but I just really enjoyed learning all about this. So, again, it is called When the Irish Invaded Canada, The Incredible True Story of the Civil War Veterans Who Fought for Ireland's Freedom by Christopher Klein. Uh, my next pick is a fun one. Um... I really love celebrity memoirs, and it's not even, like, guilty pleasure reading. It's just, like, pleasure reading, period. Um, so my my pick is Karamo, My Story of Embracing Purpose, Healing, and Hope by Karamo Brown. Um, some of the listeners who are tuning in might have just seen the news that we'll be getting a memoir from Queer Eyes' Jonathan Van Ness in the fall, which is awesome. Um, it'll be the third memoir from one of the Queer Eye guys this year, following uh, Tan Francis, which is out in May, and then Caramel Browns, which is out today. Um, I've seen surprisingly little talk about Caramo's memoir so far, and um, after having read Tan's in this one, I think it's definitely worth highlighting here. Um, so... It's um, it's a great one, not only from the perspective of it being about somebody who's in the spotlight, but um, also because it's a book about what culture is and is not, since Karamo on the show is the uh, quote-unquote culture expert. Um, and also, this book is kind of like a hug. Like, it just, it's, it feels nice to read. Um, whether or not you're a fan of Queer Eye, um, I think it's it's one at least worth perusing, picking up at the library. Uh, so Karamo shares his life story, and it begins with uh, talking about how his family was this really loving family when he was young, but that it eventually started to break apart because of addiction and abuse. And um, he's not afraid to talk about his own experiences with uh, addiction as well throughout Um and it it was this addiction to drugs and alcohol that had earned him a reputation as, quote, crazy when he was on MTV's The Real World, which 
I didn't know he was on MTV's The Real World, but he was. And also, that wasn't his, like, last stint with reality television. There was another reality show in there um, between The Real World and Queer Eye. But um, the thing that really struck me in this book was the story of how he learned he was a father and how he took on um, the responsibility to become a father times two, take on a second son, uh, voluntarily. And there's a lot of, like, really great stuff in here about um, not only being gay, but also about colorism and what it's like to be a dark-skinned gay man. Um, It's touching, it's encouraging, and it's warm, and... uh, I mentioned earlier the part about culture, and that that stuck out to me. Um, He talked about how when he envisioned trying out for this role, he was trying to figure out a way to become the culture expert as it had been done in the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy series. Uh, At that point, culture was very much outward. So think theater, think ballet, think like getting out in the world. And Karamo wanted to shift this idea of culture expert into looking inside and all the things that make you who you are and what it is you bring to any experience you have and any interaction you have. Um, and, and having watched the show, he talks about like, he seems to have a lot of his like big moments on the show when he's in the car with the hero. And um, it, it made perfect sense putting it in context of what culture is. It's it's so much more than going out and doing a thing. It's also being in that moment and recognizing like who you are and and all the pieces that make you uniquely yourself are also part of what culture is more broadly. Um and yeah, I I dug it. That is uh Karamo, my story of embracing purpose, healing and hope by Karamo Brown. I have a little memoir, and by little I mean really little. It's 96 pages. Um, Speaking of becoming a father, it is called I've Been Meaning to Tell You a Letter to My Daughter by David Cheriandi. If you recognize his name, I spoke about his uh, book Brothers that came out last year, which I absolutely loved. And this is sort of a, it's very similar to like Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, It's a letter to his 13-year-old daughter. And these are the things that he wants to say to her about racism, about bigotry. Um, He talks about his heritage and how his parents were black and South Asian migrants from Trinidad who came to Canada. Um, He discusses their past and he talks about um, his own experiences in his town, how it felt to grow up as a minority in his own country, uh, and about his worries and his hopes for the future for his daughter. Um, and how, you know, he hopes someday, you know, most, I assume like all parents, you know, hope for their children, you know, they hope for the best and they hope that, you know, everyone gets along and there's equality and, but it's just, his writing is so beautiful. Like I said, his book Brothers is just absolutely incredible. And you can see a lot of that in this nonfiction book. Um, so if you're a parent or if you want to read something inspiring or you want to give a gift to somebody who is a parent, um, this is just absolutely lovely uh, and just so full of hope. It's called I've Been Meaning to Tell You, A Letter to My Daughter by David Cherry Andy. And that brings me to nothing to do with my last pick <laughs> at all whatsoever. But we are excited. Third Love is back. Uh, Third Love 
the fabulous bra company uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind. <laughs> and the results are a perfect fit and a premium feel. You simply answer a few questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. And then, once you receive your bra, you can wear it, wash it, and put it to the test for 60 days. And if you don't love it, you return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. It's all part of their 100% fit guarantee. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own, with straps that won't slip, tagless labels, and lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. They even have a line of incredibly soft and breathable cotton bras. So uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know that I have several of these, Rebecca has several of these. I absolutely love them. I mean, seriously, it's like, I don't even remember that I have it on, you know, at the end of the day, as opposed to when it used to be like, I cannot wait to get out of this or I'm going to murder someone. Um, I will I will say that... Um, you know, their bras are not kitten-proof. My kittens, my kittens chewed through the straps of one of my older ones, thank goodness. Um, Not while I was wearing it. And uh, so I'm sure that, like, making sure that their bras are not kitten-proof or are kitten-proof is not, like, high up on their list of things to do. (laughs) But uh, other than that, I absolutely, absolutely love these bras. And I was really sad that they did that. Um... So, kittens, mm, I don't know. But I absolutely love my Third Love bras. And Third Love knows that there is a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering listeners 15% off your first order. So you go to thirdlove.com slash books to find your perfect fitting bra, and you get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash books for 15% off today. And remember to keep them off the floor away from your kittens. <laughs> I don't have a slick transition for my next pick, um, so we're just going to roll with it. Yeah. The, sh- the show is like the least of slick transitions this week. Uh, my next pick is The Trial of Lizzie Borden by Cara Robertson. It's a debut nonfiction work by Robertson, and it follows on the heels of what I think has been a wave of new books about Lizzie Borden. Uh, a number of them, including... See What I Have Done and Lizzie come to mind in their fictional takes. But this one offers up a look not only at the murders, but at the trial of Borden and all of the missteps, calamities, and straight-up incompetencies that riddled it. Um, It's not a book that plays on the sexiness of the trial or on the legends and rumors that often appear. Um, The only time we kind of get a theory is the theory that emerges during the testimony where um, it's purported Lizzie may have been motivated to potentially commit murder because of a land dispute uh, related to her father and her stepmother, Abby. Um, But there's not a weird obsession with the pigeons in the barn. Like that only comes up once or twice related to a thing Lizzie was going to do. And there's no illicit romance between her and Bridget, the housekeeper. Um, which, which leads me to ask this question. Liberty, I've got a question for you. Okay. Do you think she did it? Yeah, I do. You do? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I went in kind of thinking um, she did. But then after reading the evidence in the book, I'm not sure now. Um, I know for sure that that trial was a total mess. And that is what the whole uh, book really focuses on. Um, I, I wanted to like come to a conclusion, but I just, I, I left with like more questions than answers. Um, I found that 
Robertson's book became really engaging and fascinating in the last few chapters, where it's less about the play-by-play of the trial and more about the insight gleaned by working with the primary documents she had access to and reading the novels, or I should say reading both the novels and the nonfiction accounts of the Borden story. Um, And the most interesting to me, Tidbit comes at the very end where she explains that there are still files that have always been protected and will never be seen relating to uh, the trial and specifically uh, to Borden and her lawyer. So um, we might never actually get an answer because we just don't have access to these files, Um, though they might be files that have nothing, nothing in them too. Um, I will say this isn't a fast-paced read. Uh, It's a little bit slower, and that's because it's not, like, playing up on the sexy stuff. And it's really about the play-by-play of the trial. But it was was really interesting, and uh, it's worthwhile for anybody who likes this particular bit of American history. Those who are interested in the way gender played a role in Borden's trial and prosecution. Um, I found it especially noteworthy how menstruation was such a big deal at this time and it comes up again and again and again um but it it was seen at at these times as why women were seen as quote-unquote hysterical but it's almost completely avoided in regards to Borden like they bring it up really quickly and then it's dismissed as like not a thing um and then also I recommend this one for anyone who's still not sure where they stand on the story itself um you might come to a different conclusion than I did, or you might walk out thinking the same thing I did of, I have no idea, I can't can't decide. Um, and that is The Trial of Lizzie Borden by Cara Robertson. So, I did not read this book yet. I have it, but I haven't read it yet because I know you were reading it. Um, people know that I've read many, many books on Lizzie Borden. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do think that there is no, there's no way that they can show either way, you know, whether mm-hmm. she did it or not. Yeah. But... Honestly, I think part of the reason I think she did it is actually that the idea that a woman could commit a crime like this was dismissed so easily that I kind of hope that she did it. Yeah, you know, know, yeah, I I get that. I feel that, and I feel like there's just something to that gender effect that is really fascinating, and, and, like, yeah, I don't know. I I don't like the idea of, like, hoping she was the murderess, but also, like, I kind of do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one will ever know. Like, there's no there's no right. knowing. She was like the O.J. Simpson of her time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people really believe that she did it, but she was acquitted. So, there you have it. Yep. Yep. So, oh, it's my turn! I was, like, still thinking about Lizzie Borden. <laughs> <laughs> so, my last pick is called If Cats Disappeared from the World by Jenki Kawamura, and it's translated by Eric Sealand who also translated The Guest Cat, if you've read that. Um, This is a sad but sort of fun stream-of-consciousness novel. Um, It's got... I love an unnamed narrator. There's an unnamed narrator. And he is dying. Um, He finds out that he does not have long to live. So he's trying to decide, like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, how many days do I have left? What am I going to do with what's left? Um, and so while this is going on, the devil shows up, you know, like he does, and (laughs) he says, I will cut you a deal. You can have an extra day to live, and for every day that you want, 
every day that you take, you have to pick something else in the world to disappear. So, at first he's like, alright. So, he picks cell phones. Like, for his first day. His first extra day. So, he realizes, like, people aren't staring at their phones all the time, all of a sudden. You know, cell phones have disappeared from the world. You know, and then he picks, you know, like, movies and clocks and... You know, he just then he's like, "What does it mean when these things run out? Like, what will there be left? You know how you know how long does he have?" Um, and he also has a cat named Cabbage. And you know, what would it be like if there were no cats in the world? What would happen if Cabbage disappeared? Cabbage plays a really important role in sort of educating him and teaching him, you know, what's important in in life. Um, and you know, how long is he going to selfishly, you know, keep adding days? Uh, it's just it's really fun. It's called If Cats Disappeared from the World by Jenki Kawamura. I had this one on my pile to potentially read, and then I saw you were reading it, and I was like, no, I think you need to read and talk about this one. I'm a big fan of books with cats and the devil. There seem to be a lot of them. There are. That's like a weird thing. Trope, maybe? Is that a trope? I don't know. We should um, do a list of them. What's that? Yeah, we should. We should. make a list. Uh, my last pick is one that I wasn't going to talk about because I had another one in mind and then I started reading this and I could not put it down. So uh, I ended up deciding that this is the one I'm going to talk about. And it's Heroine by Mindy McGinnis. Uh, it's a story about two girls, one named Mickey and her best friend Carolina. They're star players on their high school softball team. And in January, they Mickey's driving and she hits a patch of ice. They live in um, a small town in Ohio, so she hits a patch of ice, and they are in a car crash. They both get these injuries that could compromise the upcoming softball season. It's their senior year. This is a big year for them, so this is, like, the last thing that they want to happen. Uh, Carolina suffers an arm injury, and Mickey sustains an injury to her hip that's so traumatic it needs to be pinned back together. Um, The prognosis recovery for Mickey isn't as great for her as it is for Carolina when it comes to what the upcoming season will look like. But Mickey is bound and determined to get better so that she can play. This is her last season. She wants it. You know, she wants to go to school to play softball. Like she needs to, to be there. Um, so while she is in recovery, her doctor prescribes her Oxycontin and Mickey is feeling great while she's on it. So great that when she has a follow-up evaluation of her injury, she asks for a refill. Um, she has come to believe that it's Oxy, which is helping her recovery, because she's she's moving along in her recovery better than anybody anticipated. And um, as she's pushing herself to do a little more and a little more, she thinks that if she can have another refill, it would help her out some more. Uh, But the doctor says she can't have a refill and she's upset about this. And then she meets a woman who can help her out. So the the book follows uh, one teen's experience of becoming addicted to opioids. And it's the kind of book that as I was reading it, I was, I felt my anxiety just like growing and growing and growing. Um, It's really challenging to read this book. There's actually a warning at the first page if you are... um, addicted to drugs or in recovery to take care if you decide to read this because it's it's that raw um it is an important book i hate using that phrase but um it's just it it's a picture of 
what it means to become addicted and what that looks like for each person. So um, there's a there's a note at the end of the book from uh, McGinnis talking about how um, addiction, especially to opioids, is so individual. And in this story, we see that. We see that for Mickey, she finds that she becomes addicted to it, whereas her best friend, who also has an injury, who also received a prescription for this, had no problem being done with it um, and and didn't experience those effects. Um, the, the book is called Heroin because at one point in the story, um, Mickey is befriending this group of other um, addicts who are helping her to get what she needs. And one of those addicts has figured out that heroin is very, very similar to Oxycontin, but much cheaper. And so um, that ends up leading Mickey down a whole other road of addiction in the story. And um, she's able to play softball, but not very well. And it's at a softball game where everything begins to unravel and, and all of the secrets and all of the um, traumatic things that she's been putting others through because of her addiction, uh, come to light. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those books that I hate how necessary it is, but, um, I feel McGinnis handled it tremendously well. And I think it's a book that's going to be important to a lot of young readers, um, particularly those who like the setting in this book or in small towns, seeing this addiction play out over and over and over again. Um, and that is Heroin by Mindy McGinnis. She never messes around. Mm-mm. No. She's great. Yeah. I, so, you know, I always, I always approach books like that with, like, caution. You know, like, is it going to be message, message, message? Because that's, I mean, that's what it's about, right? Like, yeah. ultimately. But I want the story to be compelling. I want to care about the characters. And this is one that, like... I said, my anxiety was so high. It was hard for me to like keep reading because you know exactly what's going to happen. And, yeah. you know, and you, yeah, uh, it was just one that, that made me feel a lot of things that I didn't like feeling. And yet I felt like I needed to, to sit with those feelings and feel them. That's great. Mm-hmm. So those are our new books. What are you going to read next? I am going to read Internment by Samira Ahmed, which comes out um, later this month, maybe next week, maybe two weeks. I can't remember. Um, I'm doing an event with her in Chicago at the end of the month. I'm um, interviewing her for the release of this book, so I'm excited to pick it up and dig in. What about you? I'm going to read Rabbits for Food by Binny Kirschenbaum. I, last week on Twitter, asked people to tell me... um, what book I had to just drop everything and read right away. Like, I wanted to see, you know, old or new, like, what people were interested in. And celebrity librarian Nancy Pearl, she popped by to say (laughs) this book. And I was like, hey, if Nancy Pearl is telling me to read something, I need to read it. So I believe it's about a writer who has a breakdown Mm -hmm. on New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. um, and sort of follows her hospitalization uh, but I have since heard amazing... I've never read her, but I have heard amazing things about her since then. So I'm excited to pick it up. So that is all for today. Hooray! And also, um, I could hear you the whole time. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, no, Last time, a little bit a little bit of technical difficulties last time you joined us. So it was great that we could yeah. hear each other this time. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you to our sponsors, Libro.fm. Go to Libro.fm and use the code BR3 to get three months of audiobooks for the price of one. Thank you to The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson. It's out now from Grove Press, wherever books are sold. And thank you to Third Love. You can go to thirdlove.com slash books to get 15% off your first purchase. If you want to tell us something, you can reach us at allthebooks at bookriot.com. Send us an email. And you can find us online. Kelly is Veronica Kelly Mars. That's V-E-R-O-N-I-K-E-L-L-Y-M-A-R-S. And that is on Twitter. And I am on Instagram at Franzen Comes Alive. I just spend like 90% of my social media time on Instagram now. So you can find me there. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today and more things that my kittens have destroyed, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books. Oh, 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 and also, <laughs> I forgot. I skipped right over it. If you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. So, as I was saying, this is the end of the show. So, <laughs> in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.